everyone, and welcome to today's edition of our 7 Investing Podcast. I'm 7 Investing founder and CEO, Simon Erickson. We're going to be talking about healthcare again here today. And I'm very, uh, very excited to be joined by Kevin Kelly. He's the founder of Kelly ETFs out in Castle Rock, Colorado. We're going to be talking about gene editing and his new ETF that he recently launched. Kevin, welcome to the 7 Investing Podcast. Thanks for having me. Kevin, just a, a real quick higher level of what we're talking about. Uh, you've launched... Kelly ETFs to be a new ETF issuer that's bringing disruptive investment ideas to the market. And you've launched the Kelly CRISPR and gene editing technology ETF to specifically play in the healthcare space uh, with a look at gene editing approaches that are being taken out there. The ticker on that, first of all, is XDNA. I've got to start higher level, Kevin. What is it that brought you to want to start this ETF? Well, you know, I, I'm so glad to be here because we're really at this inflection point in history where we're entering healthcare 2.0. And so I decided that I've got to launch this ETF because there was nothing else out there that gave me the targeted exposure to that event, that seminal event that happened last summer. So if we go back to what happened, you actually had the first successful systemic delivery of gene editing um, in, in, in humans. And that, that is a game changer because over the past 10 years, we had groundbreaking research and we had tested it and trialed it. And, and what happened was is Intellia with its partner Regeneron came out with these results and it changed everything. I mean, knowing that we can actually go into the body, it's called in vivo is the term where you can actually go in and have this gene editing technology, go through your body and target the, the DNA that needs to be edited and replaced, and it worked. And so that was really the inflection point and turning point in, in, in my, my eyes. Um, it was going back to like what happened back in January of 2007, where Steve Jobs came out and he had his cell phone, right? And it was this iPhone and he was unleashing it on the world. And previously we had Blackberries and Palm Pilots and things like that. But what really changed it is that he was able to build out this ecosystem of Internet of Things devices. That was really the inflection point where we went from the computing revolution to the intelligence revolution, where everyone had a desktop and a laptop. And now it was our phones. It was our, now it's our watches, our refrigerators. And so that was the seminal event that changed then for, for, for computing, where we're from computing to intelligence. And this is, that's the game-changing event that happened last summer. And so that's how I decided I have to come out with this because I was looking at the options and there wasn't a way just to get CRISPR and gene editing made. So there are great biotech, um, there's great uh, genomic ones that incorporate a, even gene therapies, but I wanted targeted, precise exposure to this theme. That's perfect, Kevin. And we'll talk a little bit about Intellia here in a minute because I know that's one of the larger positions in the ETF, but I do want to chat a little bit still higher level about the strategy that you have. Uh, you've mentioned in the CTF that you're avoiding correlation with the traditional healthcare indices that are out there. Of course, there's other options to choose from. Uh, you've got kind of a three-pronged approach in terms of the types of companies that you're wanting to place in here, but how are you avoiding the correlation with the other indices? What's your strategy for the ETF at a higher level? Yeah, so at a higher level, what the ETF uh, comprises of is three main subsectors of this CRISPR and gene editing ecosystem. So the first one is the companies that have the technology to deliver gene editing and CRISPR solutions. And then if you take a step back, in order for them to do that, they really have to have development partners. So, so you can see that a lot of these CRISPR companies partner with bigger firms 
um, to help them get through the clinical and deep technical and science expertise. And then the third one is actually the next generation of sequencing, right? So you need to actually map out the DNA workflow. So, so it's got those three, those three subsectors that comprise of it. And because these companies are so uh, dedicated and focused on these types of solutions um, the, and gene editing technology, it really has little overlap because there's only a small segment of these companies. They're really, it, you know, there's not many of them out there because it is a newer technology. So if you look at broad-based um, biotechnology um, ETFs or funds, or you even look at uh, some of the genomic ones that are out there, they'll have, they'll have some overlap, just a little bit of CRISPR or gene editing, but it won't make up most of their fund. And if you look at their top holdings, they're, they're probably just really little overlap. So we view this as sort of a publicly traded venture capital fund where you're getting into these smaller companies that are in the infancy of their development and cycle. So if you think about the S-curve of growth, right, they're at the beginning of an S-curve of growth um, in their business life cycle. So we're talking the next 10, 15, 20 years because these drugs haven't even been commercialized. So over the next 18 to 24 months, you're going to start to see some approvals so they can reach commercialization over the next three, five, 10 years. So that's why I say, you know, you don't get traditional correlation because it's really a binary trade. It's a one or a zero, right? They're going to make it or they're not going to make it. That's why you want a diversified approach to these types of companies. It makes sense, Kevin. Let's talk about some of those pre-commercial uh, drug developers, the disruptors in the early phase of the S-curve, like you just mentioned. You've got a concentrated portfolio, 24 positions, at least at the last prospectus you guys put out there. Uh, your largest position is Beam Therapeutics. That's about a 10% weighting right now. What is it that, it that you can tell us about this company or why you have it in the index? Well, what's really nice about Beam is it's actually um, a, a diversifier from traditional CRISPR names because they focus on a different type of gene editing. So, so gene editing incorporates base editing, prime editing, different types. And so when they focus on prime editing and, and base editing, it really differentiates the old kind of foundational CRISPR companies and gene editing companies. So what Beam does is it, it's really nice because you know these companies, uh, different companies throughout focus on uh, specialties, right? And they'll focus on their niche. So that's why it's, it's great because you're getting exposure to the different niches within, within it. But Beam is a great company because they sort of came out and validated what they're trying to do because they just signed a $1.35 billion joint venture with Pfizer a few weeks back at the JP Morgan Health Conference. And so what this does is shows you that these companies are so valuable on their own. You can't have a Pfizer come in and buy a Beam. Right. And then insert them within Pfizer's sort of culture. You've got these companies that have their own culture that are, are blazing trails and pioneers when it comes to new medical technologies. And it's better for a company like a Pfizer to do a joint venture. And what they're doing is Beam's coming in and saying, hey, we're going to pick the therapeutics we, the, and the IP that you guys have and try to turn them into uh, gene editing and deliver them that way. So, you know, it's a really nice validation of where healthcare is going when you have sort of the older stalwart healthcare companies like a Pfizer that could totally do this on their own, but they need 
the expertise of a bean to come in and really develop out um, their existing IP, Pfizer's existing IP, and develop them out into a base editing or gene editing um, uh, solution and technology. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly great to see the evolution of CRISPR, you know, from CRISPR 1.0 to 2.0, the base <laughs> editing, like you mentioned, as opposed to those double-stranded breaks and the safety profile that we've been taking a look at. You have a couple other drug developers in the, in the top four. If you want to round those out, CRISPR Therapeutics, Intellia Therapeutics, and Editas Medicine are your next three largest positions. Any thoughts on those, Kevin, or is it kind of similar uh, with the thinking about Beam? You're looking for the category kind of IP foundational patent leaders that are out there. Yeah. So if you think about those companies and I talk about uh, sort of the specializing in their niche, I mean, if you look at a company like Editas and what they're trying to do ocularly, right, they're focusing and dedicated to the eye and they're really building out their suite around that. So they get some successes in some of their, their current, uh, you know, their current technologies and they're trying to build out for other type of diseases that they can address with that. And then also what that does is that streamlines their manufacturing process. So if you actually listen to the CEOs of these companies, they, they tell you exactly, hey, it's really hard to manufacture these types of drugs and these types of therapeutics. So if we build, you know, around our current expertise, it leads to greater scale. For us, right? And, and what they're also talking about is their, their previous iterations of drugs where they worked at, in their indications and, and their testing. And now they're actually trying to figure out the right size of delivery, right? Can they increase the drug and get better effects? I mean, you have people, which, which is unbelievable, that have ocular disease and they never saw colors and now they can see shades of colors and their, their quality of life quadrupled because now they can actually understand shapes and they can get depths. And they're, I mean, there was a video of, of, of a gentleman and, and he was out on a dance floor, you know, he's still in his wheelchair, but he was able to enjoy and he saw the different colors and just what it did to his quality of life is unbelievable. So that's why it's so exciting. So these management teams are talking about this where now they're going to try to increase the drug dosage. And so when we're thinking about Editas, that's great and gives you the mindset and mentality because then they want to perfect sort of how they deliver their mechanisms, but, but want to then do partnerships with those that specialize in other types of diseases and they can partner, partner sort of like what Bean did. And then if we look at Intellia, Intellia is, is an unbelievable company because uh, you know, the, the first success, um, uh, you know, and then you know, last summer, and then they have upcoming catalysts that are going to ho happen hopefully this quarter or next quarter uh, when it comes to, to their applications um, in Telia 2001. And so you, you'll get more data that you can point to uh, about the, the application and success. And, and, and I just like to touch base on that because um, Regeneron is partners with Intellia and Regeneron just reported earnings. And the second to last question on the earnings call was uh, from, from an analyst that covers them and says, hey, can you talk more about Intellia in 2000, the Intellia 2001 and what we're going to be expecting to see within the next quarter? And, you know, you got sort of a, a canned, you know, answer from someone else on the management team. And the CEO came in and jumped in and said, listen, we are really excited about what's going to be coming out, you know, over the next quarter. We're really excited about our partnership with Intellia. And he starts talking about CRISPR and gene editing. 
And it was infectious. And just seeing the CEO of Regeneron, which is an established company, you know, they've got great drugs already out there in the marketplace, blockbusters, and they're hinging their next success, their future success, their anticipation to be their third biggest drug coming with Intellia uh, speaks volumes um, to, to the applications and what they think they can do. So he didn't give much that wasn't publicly out there, but just having him come on and talk and, and hearing the excitement in his voice just validates um, what CRISPR and gene editing is going to do to us as a species and where we're going scientifically. It's so true, Kevin. It's, it's very exciting. I mean, especially when you see mentioning Intellia, I mean, bringing Abbott Laboratories chief science officer back out of retirement to be CEO of a company like that, when we know yeah. that he's created Humira, the world's second best-selling drug of all time, uh, taking a new approach is certainly very exciting. Um, I wanted to chat just a little bit, you know, before we we wrap up this part about the drug developers, because we did say, and I didn't mention this before, but your CRISPR and gene editing technology segment is about 70% uh, right now of your ETF. It's the largest component, so it's the most uh, heavily weighted right now. How are you thinking about, uh, about those weightings? You know, wh why is this so heavily um, weighted towards those smaller companies like you said, a lot of other indexes, indices might be putting a much, much lower valuation or a much, much lower percentage into these smaller pre-commercial companies. You're going for the gold on this one, though. How do you think about balancing this index? Yeah, so so if we think about how you want to, uh, depending on your risk, your reward, how, how you construct your portfolio, but, but this is trying to give you the concentrated exposure to those new developing and emerging technologies in CRISPR and gene editing. So what you want to do is, is you want to get primarily exposure to those outcomes, right? And so if I look at, if I'm, if I'm an investor, and like I said, I, I kind of view this as sort of a venture public, publicly traded venture capital fund, uh, what you can do is look at your core healthcare holdings, right? And say, I can use this as a satellite to those core healthcare holdings, right? So if I have 10% to healthcare, you know, I could do half a percent, 1%, 2.5% to this, or, and just try to figure out how it fits in my portfolio, right? Because I'm not gonna be able to get this targeted exposure elsewhere. And this is the diversified effects within CRISPR and gene editing. So that 70%, you know, um, is really, really, really important because it's giving you that targeted exposure to add that satellite, right? Otherwise, you would have to go out there and follow the space intently. Who's coming public? Like Verve Therapeutics, right, came, came public uh, last quarter. Where there's tons of private companies that are going to look to come public. And so you're going to have to, are, is this a CRISPR-based editing, gene editing name, or is this not, or is this? And so, so understanding who the key players are it's time consuming and you don't want to have to pick the winners and losers. You don't want to have to go out there and say, I want to own Bean, CRISPR and Intellia and I don't want to own Verve or Editas, right? So, you know, th that's tough, right? Because what if you only pick three and you didn't pick the best three or, you didn't, or, or something happens in a trial and then your portfolio gets hit, right? For that quarter of the next six months till it gets, gets figured out, right? So I think that's the important part is that you do want, this is meant to give you that targeted exposure, right? This is exactly, it's like you want, this is what you want, right? Because you don't want any dilution to the returns that, that, that G, CRISPR and gene editing have. Makes a lot of sense, Kevin. I've got to point out also that you're bringing this uh, to the public markets at an interesting time right now, right? It's been a crazy couple of months for public stock investors. 
certainly gene editing and healthcare has, has been a sector that hasn't been spared from this market sell-off right now. What's the reception though that you're getting from institutions? I mean, are, are they are they starting to want to allocate money into healthcare again, or is it still kind of are we in this kind of risk-averse, uh, risk-off scenario that we kind of saw for these last six months or so in the market? Yeah, the, the, the reception has been great because, uh, you know, we timed it and wanted it to, to come around the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference where everybody is talking about the excitement develop, exciting developments that are happening in the space. And so I think a lot of, and so in, in, in talking with a lot of uh, investors, including institutional investors, you know, they are really focused on, you know, the exciting things in the space, right? And they're looking at the calendar and the calendar for CRISPR and gene editing companies is very stacked over the next 18 to 24 months. So it's figuring out how do you allocate around that calendar? Because like I said, over the past 10 years, groundbreaking research has happened. A lot of ex vivo where you can take the cells out of the body, edit them in a lab and then put them back in, you know, was taking place now. Now we've really proven that we can, we can do an in vivo and we're having successes. And so if you look at even at a sickle cell patient who actually got um, treated with CRISPR, she's lived a healthy, normal life for the last year. She's now out of the trial, which is unbelievable. And that, that, that came out in December. So I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how do we play genomics? How do we play next generation healthcare? And so this is a solution within that entire realm because we know we have an aging demographic. So one of the biggest things in the markets and why we've seen turbulence is two things, debt and demographics. Look at our companies and look at their balance sheets. A lot of cash is on their balance sheet, tons and tons of cash on their balance sheet so they can go to commercialization and do also partnerships. And then the second thing is demographics. We have an aging population. We also have a population that has a lot of untreated diseases, right? So small penetration into these untreated diseases, whether it's even only being two, three, 5% of treating and, and having successes makes a big difference, not only in people's lives, but also for these companies. Fantastic, Kevin. We chatted about the, uh, the pre-commercial drug developers. We talked about the partners that want to partner up with those companies. Let's round this out and talk about the third segment of your ETF, which is really the genomic sequencing. And the cost of, 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 genome, of sequencing the human genome has just fallen so significantly in these last couple of years. Looks like you've got a play on this as well. You've got some companies like Illumina and Thermo, First, Thermo Fisher in the top 10 holdings. Yeah, yeah. And so these are big stalwarts that, that have great expertise uh, within mapping the human genome, but they're also trying to come up with development solutions in mapping that for CRISPR alone. So you can even go to their websites and order CRISPR kits, which is amazing. I mean, you even had a high school uh, kids um, in Minnesota try to send up, uh, and, and they sent up uh, CRISPR kits to the International Space Station. Um, so it, it, it's amazing what's happened. In, in the space with, with just sequencing, but we're just scratching the surface, especially when we're trying to do targeted approaches directly to the liver, right? Where, where, where you, know, you can put the, the technology in, it goes to the liver, it not only cuts out the bad, but replaces it with good. So we still have a long way to go. And the great part about the, the, the sequencing companies is that they've got the clinical expertise and the and, and and basically the intellectual property 
on how you map the genome. And so that is the one of the most critically important parts because targeting uh, the genome and and the bad and the bad DNA is is step one, right? Is getting it there and especially for efficacy. So that's why they are a critical component of CRISPR and gene technologies. And they are investing, if you listen to management's calls, in this technology for sequencing going out because it's not only going to help CRISPR and gene editing, it's also going to help gene therapy companies because not everything's going to be solved by CRISPR and gene editing. A lot of great things are going to come from it, even, even including in our food sources for crops, right? But the important thing is, is that there's also going to be therapies, gene therapies that are out there for this. And that's where the sequencing companies come in because they can, they, they can do all therapeutics going forward and increasing the efficacy of those therapeutics. Absolutely, Kevin. That's one of those two beer conversations we like to have here with our seven investing <laughs> team is where is sequencing going? You know, is it uh, the next generation short reads versus long reads versus nanopores? There's certainly a lot going on. A lot yeah, of yeah, tons. And, and, and a lot of it has become commoditized, right? But but in order, but you want those those companies that have been there to, to create the next generation. And that's what these companies are doing. Absolutely. Kevin, any final thoughts, any things that investors should be watching in this space that are interested in, in investing either in gene sequencing or CRISPR? Anything, anything to wrap this all together you'd like to say for investors? Yeah, I, I think it's an exciting time period. And so I think investors should stay tuned to the IPO calendar and see where the money is going. And you're seeing a lot of money being invested in this space. And so that's why we wanted to give a public solution because there is a private company called Mammoth Biosciences that was founded by Jenner, Jennifer Doudna, who actually led the groundbreaking research 10 years ago. And you saw out of the healthcare conference, Bayer even invested in them and did a partnership with them. So that's another one of those old stalwart companies that is investing in these, these next pioneers um, in the CRISPR gene editing space. So I think for investors, it's, it's follow the money. Where is the money going in research and development? And it's going to this space. So there's going to be a lot of exciting companies coming out in this. And, and, and like I said, we're at the beginning of an S-curve of growth over the next 10, 20, 30 years. And we're at the beginning of that. So it's figuring out as an investor where you're comfortable getting in, but just follow the space because I think it, you know, whether you're, you use you know, any of the names, um, that they're going to come out with drugs that are going to impact us personally, our families, people we know. So I think that's the most exciting aspect is just, just follow the news. It really is. It's going to be an exciting time. These are cures, not just, you know, this is going further upstream, right? You're not just chronically... Yeah. Uh, treating and, and, and one last thing, and I'm glad you brought that up because this is going to be more expensive than traditional therapeutics and what have you. So the insurance companies are going to want to do, uh, they're going to want to do pools of, of cost pools, right? Where they'll all go in together to help do treatments um, and pay for those treatments together. So there'll be cost pools for this because these are going to be very expensive uh, products uh, because they're going to cure disease, right? And it's going to be a one time and that one time is going to be very expensive, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, uh, repetitive. So, so that's the interesting aspect too, is that the insurance companies are figuring out a way how, how to get these therapeutics to the people that need them the most. I agree. They're getting the coverage determinations, you know, for a lot of those are CPT codes now for genomic sequencing. Yeah. I mean, we are getting where the payers are on board and this, they're recognizing the opportunity here as well. Absolutely. Uh, thanks very much, Kevin. I really appreciate you being a part of our seven investing podcast today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And if anybody has any questions, please don't hesitate. You can always get a hold of me at invest at kellyetfs.com. 
Absolutely. And the Kelly CRISPR and Gene Editing Technology ETF, the ticker on that is XDNA. Go check that one out. Some great innovative research being done by Kevin and his team. We appreciate you for tuning in to this edition of our 7 Investing Podcast. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. We are 7 Investing. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.